Welcome to the Windshield Chronicles, a mental sequence operation. This episode brought to you by Sourman. Add a digital edge to your combustion analysis. To learn more, visit SourmanGroup.com. Well, hello, House. How are you doing today? I am not doing very well at all. Wow. Well, you know, I've had to drive over here to to take a look at you because I've told that you're you're just not healthy, and I want to just figure out what's going on with you. Is there anything you can tell me about yourself? Or am I going to have to go ask some homeowners what's going on? Well, a couple of things. First, I haven't felt the love from those that are supposed to be taking care of me. I have hot spots. I have cold spots. And I also feel like I am lagging in, in my overall performance in, in taking care of everybody that's under my roof. <laughs> Tyler Nelson from Sourman, I just, I adore you, man. <laughs> For those of you joining us, uh, Tyler and I set this up just to help you understand exactly what this conversation is going to be about. So we're going to call this one Hello House or Walk the Ship, where we are preparing to evaluate a structure and we got to learn what's going on in the structure because it may not tell us exactly what's going on, but there's something there, and it's our job to do the investigation. Essentially, everyone, when you approach a property and the customer invites you in, you know, as Clifton had mentioned, either say hello to the house or you can call it walking the ship, one or the other. And what we're trying to establish in doing so is first off, establish trust with the one that's paying us. And we are trying to let them know that we care about their input. And I know sometimes when weather gets very cold and you're running from call to call or it's a thousand degrees and you're running from call to call, you get very busy and sometimes you become a little bit impatient. But if you just pause for a second, keep that relationship in perspective and ask the appropriate questions, you might be surprised because though you're sent there to work on one thing, the customer might say to you, by the way, I'm having this problem, this problem and this problem. Mm. Or you ask them. You know, in reference to our, our little role play that we did, are you having issues with airflow? Is your master suite always hot and the kids are always cold in the summertime? Are you having other challenges in there? Do you, is your system shutting off prematurely? Do you think it should still be running? Is this are you beautiful smelling woodwork something splitting? <laughs> exactly. It, are your seams in your hardwood floor separating because conditions are drying out because no one's taking the time to actually service a Just humidifier, let alone put it on? Right. It's, you know, your humidifier is not on there as a nice little ornament that that's attached to your ductwork. It's actually there for a function. That's right. And, and it's a is serviceable that being item. Missed? It, exactly. Is that being missed? So it, it is of the, it is my opinion. And obviously it, it's Clifton's as well, that if we take a second and pause, we ask the customer some additional questions to get some additional information. It's going to make for a much smoother diagnosis, a quicker service call and build rapport with the customer. It's like your doctor, when you go in for your physical, not only is your doctor gonna do your physical, but they're gonna say to you, anything bothering you, anything I need to know. Right, because they're going you to, can. Exactly, and you're gonna go after those, uh, those obviously larger suspects first, and then you can attack what you're also sent there to do. And if need be, you make a secondary appointment, but at least everyone gets heard. Because at the end of the day, whether we're talking about HVAC, 
or a life in general, everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to be understood. Yeah, exactly. And it's fishing for the right answer. Sometimes that's the difficult part of fishing for the input that we're looking for, because they might be telling us something and it's an emotional reaction to a physical issue, right? right? They might be telling us, I just don't feel right. This this house just doesn't feel good. Well, what does that mean? Let's Let's learn about this house a little bit. Tell me how your sinuses are doing. Are you getting dry, bloody noses? Is your skin splitting and cracking? Kids have asthma. Tell me a little bit more details on here. Are you noticing drafts? Are you noticing moisture on the windows in the winter? Tell me some things about your home that you like and some things that you don't like about the quality of your home. And let's see if we can come to a resolution to this. Yeah. And in your general practitioner status, so to speak, as an HVAC contractor, falling under your umbrella is IAQ. That's right. You know, we at, at Sourman, we make IAQ monitors. But outside of that, IAQ is one of your jobs. And whether it is a, a UV product, whether it is a GPS product, whether it is ionization, or whatever the case may be, you are there to not only make sure that the system is, is using its fuel burning properties correctly, but also what is being emitted and the conditions for those in that space are safe. Whether that is a heating related approach, air conditioning related approach, or strictly an indoor air quality and particulate related approach. It's, it's, an, um, it's a full complement of a life cycle of a piece of equipment and the general living, con- general living conditions and lifestyle of those that are actually occupying the space. So let's talk about this home. As we are approaching this home, maybe the homeowner doesn't know how to talk. Maybe they're very introversial and they don't have the ability to give us the information we are fishing for. Let's talk about some ways that we can analyze this home as we're approaching it. One of the things I always used to do when I was in the field is I would zero out as much as I could my carbon uh, monoxide detector before I approach the home, just to start taking some readings as well as I would turn on (laughs) my thermometer and start reading temperatures as I'm walking Mm -hmm. through and also looking at moisture, seeing what my hygrometer is reading. I used to carry my little pocket temperature hygrometer thermometer just to get an idea of what the environment looks like by taking some measurements. We talked about this before, you know, how can we validate the performance of something if we don't have analytics to back it up. Yeah, I agree. And 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 first off, as you said, as a foundation of safety for not only for yourself for the customer is getting the carbon monoxide reading. You know, zeroing out your your either your CO monitor or your combustion analyzer outside in fresh air, and then going in and monitoring that space. You want to make sure that you don't have any CO in that space, so you don't have a call to action right out of the get go immediately. Right. Because you can ask a customer, you know, how are you? Everything okay? Do you feel fine when you're home? And they'll they'll finally be like, you know what? No one's ever asked me the question, but, and I hate to say this, when I'm at work, I feel like a million bucks. When I'm home, I feel awful. And that's, again, something that I should raise an eyebrow saying, do we have a slight underpinning of a carbon monoxide issue? Or do we have another indoor air quality challenge? Now, if we just take a step back and something that we can address here to carbon monoxide issue in our industry, they are now doing studies on us technician wise, like they're doing in the NFL for the concussion issues, the concussion protocols, right? 
We have in our industry the highest rate of dementia and Alzheimer's that exists of all the service industries now, Clifton. Really? We have now suppressed oil and gas. Oil and gas works a lot in open air. Some confined space entry, but a lot in open air, which helps dissipate or dilute the carbon monoxide um, challenges. With us, we're normally working and dealing with these issues in confined spaces. The, they have done studies in the average working life, not life, but working life expectancy of a technician in our field is 56 years of age. Why is that? It's not because we can't get ourselves in and out of an attic or in and out of a crawl space or in and out of a scuttle hole because we all know that's what The Apprentice is for. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. It is because, in there. <laughs> right? Listen, go for it. Go for this. Go for that's that. Right, go, go for that. that. <laughs> uh, it is because as we age, we lose cognitive ability, not because of the aging process, but because of consistent and constant exposure to carbon monoxide that has wore away our cognitive abilities that we're not aware of or we're not aware of because those, you know, egregious things were not, were not, they had no smell, they had no color and they had no taste. And it's in the form of carbon monoxide and it's, it deteriorates our cognitive path and we can no longer troubleshoot. So we think the technology is beating us. No, I'm letting everybody know and Clifton will back me up on this. We know you, we see you, we understand you. You fix things for a living. You're doing something that the average person can't do. You're so humble that you don't brag, you're not braggadocious about it, but you can fix things. You don't get, you don't lose your intelligence overnight. It doesn't work that way. The technology is not beating you. It's your cognition that enables you to troubleshoot, deduce, and use your own analytics, analytical mind. That is being shortchanged because of the, the inroad that the carbon monoxide is making into your cognition. That's the issue. So you're not being beaten you're being deteriorated by an invisible force that you're not aware of. Once you start either wearing a personal monitor on yourself or using an analyzer as a carbon monoxide detector, you are a personal, personal seal monitor, excuse me, you are going to be much better off. And to fall prey to relying on what the customer has to protect you from carbon monoxide is a mistake. Those big box store carbon monoxide detectors go off after... 70 to 300 ppm after one to three hours of exposure. All you get is nine ppm over 24 hours and 35 ppm over eight in an office environment. Wow. Far exceeding when those devices are going to pick up. So if you're relying on what a customer has, you're handing your health over to somebody who chances are handed their health over to the lowest bidder. And when you hand your health over to the lowest bidder, it normally doesn't work out well for you. So take personal responsibility for yourself, your earning capabilities, and the care of your customer and monitor that environment when you first get up there. Man, such an important thing. You know, even with me and my years out in the field, that was never something we actually talked about. It wasn't something we brought. It wasn't until later in my professional career and started spending time with people like yourself who live these realities every day and understand the results Uh, that have really opened my eyes. I was hanging out with Bob Dwyer at the uh, National HVACR Education Conference just talking about this. And, you know, Bob wears a personal CO monitor everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing, even in 
large open areas, you know, CO levels that are present and CO2 levels, which mm -hmm. I would have never imagined. We were at a, a large expo earlier this year. A lot of people weren't feeling the best from it. We all, most of us that went came back with some kind of a congestion issue. And as we were having a follow-up discussion about this, he's like, um, well, here's what the actual CO readings and CO2 level readings were. And CO2 uh, readings were like 10,000 parts per million. And we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Could it be the air that we're breathing that is causing our physical ailments that us professionals yeah. try to preach to people that we're not following ourselves? And it just really changed my perspective on personal monitoring of my environments. Yeah. I mean, look at last year, a year, a year ago, almost to the day where those three people died at the Sandals Resort in the Bahamas. Yeah. That's tropical resort. Tropical resort. My friend, they're not putting heat on there. It's tropical resort. It's 85 to 90 every day. Yeah. These people all died, not from alcohol or not from anything else, from carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide. poisoning. Yeah. And now after that, they every time you turn around, there's a carbon monoxide detector in those in that facility now. And they made that uniformly, from what I understand, throughout all the rest of their their their, their franchise. Yeah. Um, but it was carbon monoxide that did it wasn't the alcohol, wasn't too much sun, wasn't anything else. It was, it was carbon monoxide. I had a uh, conversation. Actually, Chris Hauschultz was on one of our podcasts uh, earlier on in our episodes, and she brings to us the reality of that. Both of her parents succumbed to carbon monoxide from an improperly installed pool heater at yep. a hotel. And that happens at hotels all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, unfortunately, because they're, like you said, the monitoring systems, if a monitoring system is implemented, is not the levels that we would anticipate. It's long-term exposure. It's not short-term exposure. And it gets its hooks into you. Yeah. And, it, and if you allow it to not, you don't give it the chance to release its hooks into you, those hooks become tighter and tighter and more more a part of you. And that's where it starts the the wearing away of, of your neural capabilities and your cognition. Wow. So a different different perspective to soften our senses a little bit and be more receptive to the environment that we work on and be aware of our conditions. You know, if we think about think about some of the stories, we always joke about the mechanic who who drives the you know <laughs> the most ill prepared vehicle. Yeah. Well, are we working in the most ill prepared environment because we're just uh, assuming scenarios without actually validating those scenarios? So very, 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 very good perspective to have, Tyler. Yep. Thank you. And to take it one step further, you know, when we're, when we're going up to a property, you know, when we're evaluating for carbon monoxide, you might diagnose an issue that you were never sent there to diagnose. Yeah, exactly. They could have, and just so everybody knows, your two most common sources of carbon monoxide in the space are going to be water heaters and then stoves and ovens. Right. It's not going to be the furnace or the boiler that is going to be the, the, the leaching part of that, especially when it's not running, but it's going to be the water heaters that can leach it and it's going to be the, the stove or the ovens. You know, and so you could solve a problem and you could save a life and, uh, and, and take care of an issue that you were not even sent there to do. And that goes back to one of my original comments is having that situational awareness. You have to look all around because things could be happening in the periphery that are not normal. You could have things that are vented incorrectly, water heaters and, and such, and you were never sent there to work on it. That's supposed to be the, the, the plumber's responsibility. Well, say they haven't had the plumber in in 10 years because they've, um, they haven't had a problem with their toilet. Right. And they don't know they're supposed to be calling the plumber for the, you know, there's an issue with the water heater because they have hot water. But yet 
There could be an issue with the venting. The venting could be deteriorated. There could be rusting or corrosion on top of the on top of the water heater. That would it'd be an indication of a, of a potential problem. Birds, squirrels. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you notice it not because you're trying to pad your pocket, but because you're trying to be thorough. You know, we have a re-education that we're trying to do here. We're not trying to pad our pockets, everybody. We're just being thorough. And if making additional income comes as a result of you being thorough, all the power to you. That's like just a natural progression. Plan. That's just a part of it. That's just offering another set of your skills for, for the world to use. And for doing so, you need to get paid for it. Absolutely. Tyler Nelson, thank you, my friend, for joining us. And we sure appreciate the information. Thank you very much, Clifton. Greatly appreciate it.